Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. The hell was that time? That was something time. Not really sure how much it actually means in the big picture, but uh, still plenty to discuss time. Lots to do and little time to do at time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls. It's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here uh, late on a Friday night or late on a Thursday night, early on a Friday morning. So whatever time of day it is, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for making the Go Vols 24-7 a part of your day or your night or whatever it is, wherever you are. Got plenty to discuss in this episode, probably the Last one that we're going to do, I suppose, in this uh, this calendar year. Lots to discuss, primarily uh, from Tennessee's uh, wild, woolly, weird, and uh, controversial Music City Bowl loss to Purdue on Thursday at Nissan Stadium there in Nashville. And since we're talking about the city of Nashville, we have to go to the uh, the president of the Nashville Chamber of Commerce, and that is the one and the only Patrick Brown. Pat, what's going on, my man? It's good. I'm. Uh, I get to leave Nashville here before too long, so I'm. I'm really happy about that. Yeah, and, and for people who don't know that, Pat is uh, from Memphis. Uh, you know, in case you, uh, you don't. In case you don't know that, of course, that'd be like you not knowing that I'm a Cubs fan or that Pat's a Braves fan. But Pat is from the city of Memphis, and uh, Memphis and Nashville do not always see eye to eye. I remain partial. I have a sister in Memphis and a brother, or a sister in Nashville, a brother in Memphis. I, I remain neutral about that. I love both cities. Pat and the city of Nashville are not the best of friends. And I'll tell you what, Pat, the Music City Bowl in Tennessee, not the best of friends. As the Vols go down controversially in overtime to Purdue, what a game that was. It does not have to be most perfectly executed or well-coached football to be really entertaining, really fun football. And that game was a lot of things, uh, but it was not boring. Yeah, I, honestly, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm, I'm uh, Honestly, I was surprised that it only lasted four hours and 38 minutes because it felt like it lasted about six hours. It did, didn't um, it? And, and, and I can only imagine that fans listening, I mean, you know, we, we, we kind of have to stay neutral. Like, you know, we're working during the game, so sure. we have to kind of focus on that. But for for fans, I mean, just the swings of, of emotion and, um, and and especially the last five, you know, five, five minutes of that fourth quarter where, I mean, you have the two big touchdowns for Purdue and then the two big plays and the touchdowns that Tennessee scored to get back in the game. Then they have a chance to win it. I mean, it's just – I mean, I think Tennessee fans are probably sort of numb to some of it by now, but 
yeah, I mean, it's it, it's definitely some shades of uh, of 2010, um, uh, that infamous loss that against North Carolina that sparked a, a rule change in, in college football. Uh, I don't know that this one will, but certainly a, a sense of injustice and anger about the way uh, it ended. Um, and, and, you know, it, it might spark a rule change. You know, Josh Heupel joked after the game that the, the officials that he talked to told him that they should think they think there should be a rule change about players basically faking injuries. Purdue did it. We knew they would, um, you know, pretty much everybody does it against Tennessee that we've seen this season. So um, you know, we'll see that it won't be because of that game. So it won't be quite like that, that 2010 game with North Carolina with the 10 second runoff, but just a, uh, some officiating shenanigans and we're not going to spend the whole podcast talking about the officials, but uh, certainly the, the, the pivotal moment in, in the in the game, at least in overtime, was the the touchdown, non touchdown, um, where uh, a side judge determines that a play is over when it very apparently appeared to not be over. So, um, yeah, I would I would feel, it, you know, Tennessee fans probably would be happy if they don't play in this bowl again for a while, given that two out of three times they play there, it's been probably frustrating and in some ways angering the way that they. Uh, those games ended. Yeah, I'm not sure which which game which tweet will live on in the uh, the Cole takes Hall of Fame more. Uh, it, it was one that I had early in the game when Purdue decided to kick a field goal, and I said I don't think field goals are really going to matter in this game. Uh, that one did not age well. Uh, hand up there, did not age well. Uh, and then the other contender would be uh, our, our good friend Jerry Palm, uh, a CBS. Uh, fellow CBSer uh, and, and a Purdue super fan who said during the game that he didn't think Purdue had enough players on the depth chart to uh, to fake injuries. <laughs> so <laughs> that one aged about as well as mine on field goals did. But but to to revert to sort of recap this, and as Pat said, I, I don't want to spend the entire podcast discussing officiating. I really don't. I mean, for someone who talks about officiating as so much as I do, I really don't enjoy discussing it. I just feel like it has to be discussed because I feel like we there's no accountability whatsoever for these for these decisions that are made. There's no explanation in many cases for these decisions that are made. College football has money coming out of its ears and it's continuing to to give part-time money for part-time workers who are doing amateurish work at times. They I, I don't understand it. And if we can't if we can't agree, it's like if you're in court and the judge consistently gives the wrong ruling on something, there's eventually accountability for that. Like the judges can be judged too. And I, I don't want to go too far because they're, they're not quote professionals, but they should be, Uh, it should be better. College football has too much money to, to have situations like this. And and it, it happened to Tennessee on Thursday. It could happen to other teams and will happen to other teams in the coming days. And it's just, unfortunately, something that we have to discuss too often because it's too often bad. And, and I, I hate that, that it is that way. But to, to recap what it was, there, there were some, some – during the game, some questionable calls that, that went a little bit both ways. I think Tennessee uh, got flagged for a couple of things in the secondary that were, that were pretty bad. Purdue got away with a couple things in the secondary that it, it shouldn't have gotten away with, especially they're late on what could have been a touchdown to Cedric Tillman. He got held badly. Uh, and that could end up costing Tennessee a touchdown there. So those things happen in a game. I'm not going to get hung up on that. What I will get hung up on, though, and I think we all should get hung up on, is the fourth and goal play from the one-yard line 
when Tennessee had the ball to start overtime. Jalen Wright was initially stuffed by a couple of Purdue defenders. He kept his feet moving, though. He advanced the ball. He put it past the goal line before his knee hit the ground and before a whistle was blown. By any definition, that's a touchdown. And I I don't understand how they can go back and claim to review that play. Well, that's not a reviewable play. That, that, that's, that's what I mean. But, like, they, they said it was reviewed. And then they said, wait, we can't review that part of it. Uh, which, uh, again, if you can't review when the whistle was actually blown, w- what are we doing here? That was well, clear as day that ball got across the goal line. Now, if you want to make an argument, Pat, you could make an argument if you're a Purdue fan and you're trying to justify this. You could say, hey, Princeton fan may have given Jalen Wright a little shove there, and that's technically illegal, but that's not reviewable. Um, and, and I just don't understand why it's not reviewable. I don't know how you can watch that play. I don't know how you can blow that dead first off in that situation. You don't err on the side of caution on a fourth and goal play in overtime, for God's sakes. There are times no, where you it, do that, but that's not one of them. But then to just not – that was wrong. It was wrong, and it should not have been the way it was. No, and, and I mean, how much do coaches talk, you know, tell players to finish? You, they talk about finishing runs for running backs all the time, right? I mean – what is Jalen Wright? He that he, it was a very gritty, tough run that he did that he made on that play. I mean, he keeps his feet going, he stays up, he has the awareness to reach the ball out um, when he's got guys on him. He keep you know he does exactly what you're supposed to do, and he doesn't get rewarded. And the problem with the subjective though the Ford progress stopped is. I mean, you could have. They could have said that Garrett Miller's progress yes. stopped on that touchdown. Yes, yes, yes. Tennessee, they could have. Yes. Tennessee's players were kind of, you know, they kind of gave up on the play. Now, they shouldn't have given up on the play, clearly, because um, he broke out of the group and, and ran for a touchdown. But, I mean, he was quoted in the grasp. And, of course, Tennessee fans will remember the old Miss game when, um, you know, they had Matt Corral corralled. Sorry for lack of a better hey term there. And, and they blew that play down dead quickly. Uh, and that's different. That's a quarterback. Um, but still, you, you know, it's not like the college doesn't have the same – in the grass rule that the NFL does. Um, and and so, you know, this has just been, you know, they've come out on the short side of a couple of these calls and uh, they were denied. You know, you talked about the pass interference. The one on Tillman was a bad miss because, I mean, his, uh, we're talking full T-shirt under yeah. the jersey stretch there. It was bad. Um, I, don't, I don't know how you miss it. I don't know how you miss it. But, I mean, th- they did. Yeah, I thought the, there was one on, on Warren Burrell that, that was bad that I thought. Um, but they had established early in the game that they were just not going to let these guys play on the, on the outside. I mean, when, when the receivers and defensive backs both have each other by the shoulder pads, I mean, you just got to let them play at some point, right? You know what I mean? Um, but that wasn't the case in this game. And, and, you know, Tennessee didn't adjust well. And, and in some ways, the only way they could cover Purdue's guys were, were to grab them. So, um and looking big picture, um, and Tennessee doesn't need to be fall into this victim role where you know it all goes. You know they, all, they blame the refs every game, but sure, I mean, sure, it's hard not to look back at the Pittsburgh game and remember that spot. It's hard not to look back at some of the you know the shenanigans at the old Miss game where uh, you know everybody threw stuff on the field. And it's hard not to look at this game and, and wonder, wow, there were some big calls that really hurt Tennessee in some in some key moments, but. Um, if you're Tennessee, you have to kind of look at these games that you lost in these close games and say, all right, what we have to make it to where we don't leave it up in the hands of the officials. But uh, to your point, I know, you, I know you said this a lot before, but 
you know, we talked to the coaches and players after the game, you know, coaches and, and players, coaches lose jobs, players lose, you know, playing time. If, if they don't play well, what do, what do officials get? There's no accountability. You know, they're, they're never going to comment on the game. I mean, those guys are probably on Broadway sipping margaritas sure, yeah. in 30 minutes of the game being over with. And it's just like, uh, and, and you know, you don't want to hammer these guys, but at the same time, you know, they have to do the job better and to decide subjectively that, um, you know, the pl- that, that play was over when it clearly was not. It's just, a, it's just baffling. I don't, I don't, well, I just don't understand it. And you, you let it play out, you know, and, and sometimes we see that, you know, you and I both watch Premier League, you know, we're, we're annoyed by when they don't raise the flag when a player is clearly offside because they're letting it play out and let it review handle it later. Well, why don't you do that in this situation? It doesn't make any sense. And um, it certainly has to be frustrating for Tennessee fans. It has to be frustrating for, for Tennessee's players. I mean, guys like Theo Jackson, Bayless Jones, this is how their careers at Tennessee ended. And, and that obviously, you know, that sucks. That's going to be tough for them. And, and certainly the way that this team played over the course of the season um, for this season and the way it did is, is it, it's going to feel really crappy, but it, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about the, the long-term issue of it or the long-term impact uh, later, but it's just sort of a crappy way to end the season to have a great game like it was where that's the talking point, right? That's what's overshadowed. That's what everybody's debating. Yeah, th- that's my, my, my point is that it, it seems to be, uh, if you want to mark a line, now, now again, if you want to rule a play dead early, okay, I mean, that that's a decision that you've made. That's a, that, that's a, that's a subjective call you've made, but it's a call that stands. It's hard, hard to review. But what happened to plays being over when the whistle blows? Like, you can hear very clearly on replay, that ball goes across that line before that whistle is blown. I don't, I don't understand. To me, that's like a crystal clear. You have your whistle right there in your mouth. You blow it when the play is dead. You can hear on replay when the whistle has been blown and when it hasn't in most cases. That was very clearly – I mean, officials will defend their own, and I'll listen to their arguments. I, I definitely will. They have hard jobs, and I get it. But that should not have come down to that. And if you're – you know, it's really easy to say, you know, kind of look at look at what you could have done yourself first, and that's absolutely the right thing to do. But I think a lot of – and I'll say this too. I got a lot of friends in national media, a lot of people I really respect, they sort of act like they're – sort of savants for saying, well, you should look at what you could have done first. Of course you got to look at what you could have done first, but you can't act like the other stuff doesn't matter. If that call, if that play is administered properly, that's a touchdown. Just like on the play where Purdue's tight end, I think it was Durham actually, had the long touchdown, wasn't wrapped up, that's a touchdown. Both of those plays are touchdowns. Now, Corral, the, the situation at Ole Miss, that's that's more difficult. That's a quarterback. You're trying to protect them. Not as many of those guys on the team. I get it. But how – it's one thing to say Tennessee players, coaches, fans, administrators do not need to have a victim complex. And I do think there's a lot of truth in that, Pat. I think that if you think of yourself as a victim, you become a victim whether you are one or not. It, it's just – it's not the right mentality to have. But – when you look at things like this, when you look at the Ole Miss game, how can you not feel like you were jobbed? I don't understand how you can not feel like you were jobbed. Yeah, I, I think the biggest question I have with this exact situation is if you're going to deem that the play is dead, you got to blow the whistle. Yes. Right, because nobody's yes. going to argue with the whistle. 
if he reaches the ball out over the goal line after you whistled it dead, you say, "Oh well, okay." He's he said it's dead when they blew the whistle. That's that's the that's the the the, the question for me is that you can't decide at what that moment you think it is without letting everyone know that. And you can run in and wave your hands in the air and all that stuff, but that's not that that seems to be missing the point. But um yeah, it's just like I said, it's just, you know, that was a great game. It got really wild there at the end. Um and it's it's disappointing for Tennessee and probably for neutral observers that that the game ended with a controversial call like that. And yeah, well, um, here's my question. But Pat, the thing is, but the thing okay. is, though, is that Wes, you and I know this. It's never going to change. I mean, it's, it's just got, we're going to have to deal with crappy officiating the sport and other sports for. Do, do you think um, it would never change, or do you think that if something like, let's say, it happens in the Georgia Michigan game, let's say it happens if Georgia and Bama play in the title game, let's say if it happens in a conference title game, do you not think anything would change? I mean, at that point. And if you can no. see something now that's a very I mean, clear problem in a game that really, in the grand term, grand picture, if you want to say it's not that big of a deal, okay, I'm with you on that. It's not a huge deal. Some guys d- decided even not to play. I-, I get it. But if you can see something like this in a game, just like it was in the Music City Bowl in 2010, and say, this this is wrong. Like, th- this should not be administered this way. Or if you want to look at it, some of the Tennessee games and other games this season, and say, we need to look at the, the fake injuries or the injury procedures you know i what if that stuff happens in a game where where a championship a real championship is on the line if you can see a problem and spot it now why not try to fix it well i mean i just maybe it's the cynic in me i just i don't you know the people that are in charge of changing it aren't going to uh change it i mean we've had bowl games canceled for reasons because nobody adjusted the protocols with covid so i mean there's no like like who's running college football? We're getting into really big picture stuff here, but like who's going to step in? Who's like the czar of college football that's going to step in and say, okay, we need to overhaul officiating and break it down and build it back up from from A sure. to Z. No and one's going to do that because that that, that that person doesn't exist. There's no commissioner of the game. Um, now there's commissioners of individual leagues, but like today you have an ACC crew doing a game with a Big Ten team and an SEC team. So, and, and you know, even the college – football officiating i'm sure there's a governing body or whatever but you know again like you mentioned earlier those guys are going to protect their own and, and they probably have to feel like they have to like almost be overzealous in that because they feel like they probably are under quote unquote under attack a lot sure um and, and so they're going to be defensive and say well we're you know we're doing a good job and, and they, that may be their viewpoint but um and they may have evidence to back it up if it's you know if it's two games that we're talking about this and not all of them, then they'll say, Oh, we don't have a problem. It was just, you know, sometimes stuff happens, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it's never, it's not going to get overhauled. So that, that's why I, I think it's just, we're going to have to live with and coaches and players are going to have to learn to do whatever they can to make sure that their games aren't, you know, don't come down to a bang, bang, subjective call by somebody that's, you know, just trying to officiate the game. Yeah, and I would say this before we go to break, Pat. I, I think that officials are under attack, and, and that is valid. I, I would counter that you know who else they're is mostly under, under attack? attack by, they're mostly under attack by you, Wes. Yeah, they honest. are. They are. But, but you know who else is under attack? <laughs> Coaches who get fired every year are under attack. Players who get processed or benched every year are under attack. Administrators who hire coaches who don't win some of these games are under attack. Presidents of universities 
under attack. Everyone in the game is under attack. The media who cover the damn game were under attack all the time. Everyone's under attack all the time. And most of us are, are held accountable for it. And, and there are some who are not. And I said this in the column. I'll say it again before we go to break. You can either be okay with this. You can either accept it or you can't. And I just can't accept it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to change. I don't know if it's ever going to change. But I feel like if I'm accepting it, I'm just saying, okay, this sport that we all love, college athletics, all this stuff that we love, it doesn't mean as much as it should because there are problems and we're not even trying to fix them. And I just can't accept it. I don't know. I don't want to put you on the spot there, Pat. If you're someone who's like, I accept it. You know, I'm just saying. We'll go to break. We got to go to break. Let's Pat's, go to break. Pat's gonna Pat's gonna try to calm me down here, even though he's gonna act like if this happened to John Morant, he'd be throwing fists. I'll tell you that. Well, Josh, Josh is a superstar, so he's gonna start getting calls now. So I'm really excited about <laughs> That's it. That's a good point. Let's go to break. Let's pay some bills. Listen to products, services, in-house ads, other fun things, and we will be right back to talk more Tennessee football. Less about officials. Let's talk about the actual game itself. What it means. What it doesn't mean. Hint: It probably doesn't mean a lot, but that's okay. Lots to discuss. We'll get to it before we uh, right after we pay some bills. Back in a second. Hashtag ad. Money! eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ad you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from an undisclosed location discussing Tennessee football primarily. Obviously, in this episode, Tennessee football going down 48-45 to to Purdue in a controversial, wild, woolly Music City Bowl there in Nashville, Tennessee, in Nissan Stadium, home of the Tennessee Titans. Lots and lots of stuff to discuss about that game. Had to discuss some officials in the first segment. Going to try to stay away from that topic here in the second segment. Got plenty more to discuss. Before we do that, though, quick reminder, guys. Quick quick, uh, quick request, if you don't mind. Uh, we do this podcast uh, for free, and, and we are happy to do it. Uh, and, and there's not a lot that we ask for in return. Uh, the one thing that we would ask for is if you are listening to this podcast, 
please go in there and mash that subscribe button on whatever device you are listening to, whatever service you're using to listen it to, to it with. That really helps us out a lot. If you're just listening on the website, there's nothing wrong with that. But what really, really helps us out is if you go in there, take a minute out of your day, please go in there, hit that subscribe button. We're, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. Anywhere in the world, you can cast a fine pod. You can find this very Go Balls 24-7 podcast. As I said, we do it for free, and we're happy to do it. The one thing we ask for, please rate, review, subscribe, and and tell your friends. Tell your friends. That also helps, too. The good old-fashioned telephone game. Just tell or text your friends about it. That helps, too. If you're already doing that, thank you. If not, go yourself. That's the policy, guys. Straight up. Going straight over the top, like Ron Swanson bowling. No fuss, no spin. Anything else is, is figure skating. Going right over the top. That's the policy. Lots and lots to discuss and to keep discussing on this podcast. Pat, here's the thing about college football bowl games. I love them. I wish there were a million of them, but there's really only a few of them that actually matter. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure uh, in the grand picture, in the big picture, that the Tennessee-Purdue Music City Bowl um, is, a, is a huge deal. Uh, we have all seen in the past that teams have gone on to uh, – they, they've had great bowl games. They've looked like world beaters, and then the next season they're, they, they face plant. They're, they're not good. We've seen teams – uh, Tennessee won a national championship the year after having a really terrible bowl game performance. I mean, we, we've seen that go in enough different directions. I'm not sure there's a, any sort of a direct corollary there, direct correlation anyway, between bowl success and what happens after that. What matters is who you bring back, what kind of offseason you have, how healthy do you stay. Those are the things that matter. But um, aside from a couple of things uh, offensively um, there in the second quarter, uh, a couple of things defensively from a banged-up secondary, there were some positives for Tennessee in this game, also some negatives, obviously. What, does any of it matter, though? Absolutely matters, Wes. Uh, but a couple a couple things I need to get off my chest. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, over the past few weeks, I think people talked themselves into Purdue being uh, just not a Big Ten team. That's a good football team that that, sure. that played Tennessee on Thursday. Uh, I know they didn't have a lot of their guys, but this is a team that won six games in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's a pretty good league. I mean, this, they took it to Iowa, and they took it to Michigan State, this, this Purdue team did. So um, th- this, was, this was not a 2014 Iowa situation. This was not a 2015 Northwestern situation. I think a lot of people thought of Indiana was kind of a pushover um, going into that game two years ago, and, and I thought going into that one that that was a pretty solid football team that was going to be tough to beat, and that's how that's how it played out in that game. And I thought Purdue would be tough to beat in this game. I think um, Tennessee ended up being like a touchdown favorite, and I don't know what we all picked. I picked a ten point win. I thought it would be a lot of points, but um, you know they they made some plays in this game. I mean, I know a lot of people were were bashing Tennessee's defense during the game, but uh, some of those big plays sometimes you just got to tip your hat and say that guy made a better made a good throw and a better catch. Um, and we saw that some in, the, in that game. Um, I'm not going to say that bowl games don't matter because that's not fair to uh, the coaches and players that, that put the time into preparing for them. And uh, if you would have, you know, if you had seen the field after that Purdue field goal went through and the game ended, you, you're going to tell some of those guys that were sitting on the field in dejection and say, that doesn't matter. I, I, I don't, I don't totally buy that. Now, in the grand scheme of things, this game, like you said, it's not going to mean a hill of beans when Tennessee plays Ball State in the opener in September. Um, it, it's not going to impact whether or not Tennessee wins eight games next season or wins six or wins nine or whatever. 
Um, and I don't think they're going to like lose any recruits or anything like that. Like, I don't think Jared versus Albany transfer is going to like change his mind just because uh, since he didn't win the music city bowl, um, if anything, he probably saw that, that they need him, but, um, <clears throat> that's just, that's just kind of how they are. I mean, these games are, uh, particularly these games, you, you know, you have guys that are not playing in them for various reasons and that's understandable. Um, and that was the case in, in, in both sides. Sometimes motivation is, uh, questionable. Um, in these things i thought both these teams obviously were pretty motivated to play i think you saw that on the field um in, in this game but uh they're one-offs that's what they are they're not exhibitions they're not games that don't matter but they're one-offs like you haven't played in a month like college football teams and coaches and players are so structured during the course of the season where they can almost break down to you what they're gonna be doing every tuesday afternoon what they're gonna be doing every thursday night you know they, they have such structures and then at the end of this regular season those structures are more or less blown up. So Tennessee, you know, they've been practicing, but, um, you know, it's, it's just a different routine. And so you, you get some situations where you do things that maybe you hadn't done during the regular season and, and, you know, you haven't played in a month and it, you can simulate game speed and practice. You can do all those things, but um, it, it's, it's different when you get into a game. So that's why they're, like I said, they're kind of one-offs and, um, and the big trick, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it doesn't necessarily, uh, for these kind of bowl games, it doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, I don't think it changes the narrative of what Tennessee's done over the past 11 months since the staff came in. I don't think it really changes the narrative much on this season. Um, and it's not going to mean anything next season, but at the same time to say they don't matter. I don't think that that's fair, um, to the people that not only put time and, and, effort into preparing to play them and that play them, but also the people that spend money to come to Nashville and, and stay in hotel rooms and tailgate and all that stuff. So um, if you're a Tennessee fan and you want to be pissed off about this game, I don't blame you at all. Um, I wouldn't be making any sort of grandiose um, statements about the future of the program, or it, it's not like anything about this game changed. It's like we learned anything from this game, right? Like we knew Tennessee needed help. In a lot of different places on defense, right? We 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 knew they missed Delonte Taylor for sure, right? And, and you know, they didn't have Kenneth George Jr. and they didn't have Brandon Turner either. So it wasn't just Delonte. He obviously made a big difference. Um, but we know they need more playmakers on defense. We know they need more speed at safety. We know they they need more guys who can win a win on win a one on one off the edge and get to the quarterback. You know they need to shore up some of the things on the offensive line. So. Um, uh, there's not anything that we learned like in this game that, that we didn't know from the previous 12 games that we witnessed during the regular season. So uh, I, I think in general, bowl games don't mean much, but say they don't matter entirely. I don't, I don't think that that's fair. And I don't, I don't disagree with that. And I, don't, I, I think you probably were just sort of setting that up by saying that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't look Theo Jackson right in the face, a super senior who, who's been through everything and he, he's going off the field kind of emotionally in his hometown and a game like that, losing it in that way. And I'm not going to say to him, Hey, uh, that game didn't matter. You know, Jalen Wright, who had, who was in tears sort of being helped by teammates off the field. I, I wouldn't try to look him in the face and say, this doesn't matter. I, I just think that college football bowl games are kind of a choose your own adventure book where you can say, hey, look at this momentum, it's great. Or you can say, hey, look at history, this really doesn't matter all that much, you know, in terms of the big picture. So you can kind of go either way you want on that. And I think it's important to note too, Pat, before we get out of here, this has been um, really the result of that game was not what Tennessee would like it to be, certainly. 
overall, though, uh, the month of December, uh, very, very good by and large for, for Tennessee football. I, I think there, there was, you know, you, you, you came out and again, we had a couple of, you know, we, we were, we were hit and miss there with the pod for just a little bit there while, while you know, my wife was giving birth and, and we we're doing all those things, but a lot of things have happened, right? I mean, you've got Tennessee finishing, you know, or not finishing, but getting through the early signing period with the top 15 signing class, which a lot of people, including yours truly here, did not expect, uh, did not anticipate. Uh, you, you had Hendon Hooker say he's coming back for another year. You had Cedric Tillman say he's coming back for another year. You, you had a lot of positive things. Heupel was was named a finalist for the first year coach of the of the year award, which is named after Steve Spurrier. But still, it is something that I think Tennessee fans would be happy if Heupel won. There have been tangibly a lot of good things for Tennessee, and I think it's kind of a I'll end on this, Pat. I, I think it's easy to sit here and say that the the month and the year ended in very, very frustrating fashion because they did. That That's objectively true. Uh, but when you look at where things were in that sort of several-week period in between when when Pruitt left and, and Heupel – or Pruitt was fired and, and Heupel was hired, you, you look at 33 players, I think, leaving uh, through the portal – uh, you look at the Vols having less than 70 scholarship players for a little bit during the regular season. You look at all of those things that happened and just how badly this year could have gone for Tennessee. If you're judging this, you know, kind of as a um, – if you're the the, the the emperor there in, in Gladiator with a thumbs up or a thumbs down, you're giving a thumbs up to this year. I think you have to or else I think you're crazy. Yeah, well, I, I think what you said about the choose-your-own-adventure – Hook is actually a pretty good analogy. To me, it's it's what you make of it, right? It's sort of a win-win. If you win a bowl game, it's like it's great, great way to end the season, great momentum, all that stuff. But if you lose it, you're like, that's nah, it's just a bowl game. It's just Music City Bowl. Let's go get them next year. Um I I do think moving forward, I do think that this game will it'll be motivating for for Tennessee, I think. Um I, I think they'll still group this in with some of the other games they, they were in but didn't finish and say those are games that we you know, we're going to work that little extra harder uh, over the course of the season of the off season. And, and certainly I think they're going to have some, uh, the leadership on this team should be good with Hendon Hooker coming back to Tillman sort of maybe emerging in that role with, with that group. And um, some of the guys that they're going to have on the offensive line that, you know, that, that group's mostly coming back so that those guys will, will know what to expect. And um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I think if you want to look at it as, as you know, is this going to disrupt Tennessee's momentum? I don't think so. Nah. Um, I still think they had things going in the right direction. And, and you mentioned Theo Jackson. Yeah, he was asked after the game. He talked about how this time a year ago, everything was falling apart. I mean, you just look at the, the, the aftermath of, of three and seven in 2020, what everything that happened um, and compare it to what ha- has happened since the end of this regular season. I mean, it's, it's, it's night and day, and uh, as always, context is important. And yeah, this game—the way it ended—sucks for, for t- you know Tennessee's fans, Tennessee's players, Tennessee's coaches. Obviously, will be, you know they should be pissed off about it, and it shouldn't sit well with them. Um, but it shouldn't necessarily change the narrative, right? Um, and if anything, it should, like I said, it should serve as you know some motivation for, for these players as they you know when they start to flip the page. Uh, and look forward to, to next season. But um, a lot of things indicate a lot more things than just the outcome of this game indicate that, that this was an encouraging season. This was a season that um, Tennessee got right when 
a lot of was going wrong for a while. Um, and, and it's just where can they go from here that um, that you kind of take away from not necessarily this game, but just the season as a whole. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that that maybe having this be a, a deal that having this be something that you use to motivate a Hendon Hooker, a Cedric Tillman, a, a you know a Tyler Barron, a Byron Young. Uh, I, I, going into the, I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, having this out there as motivation for those guys being like, hey, uh, this is the last taste in your mouth. You want to do something about this? It, it's like Cedric Tillman said. Uh, you know, kind of told us tonight. He said, "Hey, I, you know, I don't want this taste in my mouth anymore. That this is going to sting for a little bit, as it should." So, uh, not not the worst thing in the world necessarily for the big picture. If you lose a game like this and it makes you end up having a better off season, that's a win in the long run. Uh, and I know that might be a sunny side up view or a naive view, but I actually do believe that. I think if this is something that you can use to keep your guys maybe doing just a couple more reps, maybe watching just a few more clips of film in the next couple months going into spring ball, I don't think that's such a bad thing for Tennessee. And I also don't think it's a bad thing for you, Pat, that after a, a long year you can uh, you can go home now, you can uh, you can see that the lovely wife and and your your, your beautiful sons there, and you can kind of not kick back, but you can uh, you, you can take a you can take a breath. Been a, been a minute. Yeah, Saturday is a uh, one-year-old birthday party time. So I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say that. Um, but there's, you know, you know, there is no off season, right? I mean, we're still waiting on what Cade Mays is going to do. Obviously, uh, it's pretty clear he's, he's jumping to the draft at this point. But um, you know, Trayvon Flowers talked this week and said he was still thinking about what he wants to do. Um, I'm not sure where else he's going to go, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, but true. Um, he said he'd probably announce something. You know, he's got it went through senior day, but has that extra year if he wants it. Um, there may be some other guys that we're still maybe a little bit unclear on about what they're going to do. Obviously, you know, I mentioned Jared Burst earlier. He's a top 10 transfer in, in the 27 sports rankings and uh, would be a guy I think is is probably going to play on Sundays one day. Yeah, and, he's really um, talented. And I think would, would come in and start right away with this, with this team and you know, what else do they do in the portal? They've been active, but selective, I think, is the best way to describe it. Um, you know, are they going to, you know, is there anybody else out there in the 2022 class? You know, are they going to have some guys in the portal? Because we thought that might happen after the regular season. It didn't. So, and before you know it, it'll be signing day. And before you know it, it'll be spring practice. And there's really no offseason in college football, is there, Wes? No, there's not. But I was really saying, you know, just at least for a couple days, you could go home and kind of, you know, just just kick it for a little bit, you know? Have a nice cold Coca-Cola, relax. It, it, it's unseasonably That's... warm right now, you know. <laughs> There's lots to enjoy. There's lots to enjoy. But but seriously, True. Pat, thank you for all the coverage all season, as usual. I know that, that Tennessee football is such an all-consuming beat. It, it, it's, you know, it's it's those of us. And I, I get to dance around from sport to sport, but uh, you're a guy who, who, who stays married to that football program year-round because it, it takes it's... all of it. But you do a great job, man. Yeah, this, this football game was a reminder that, oh, yeah, it's still Tennessee because this season had a lot of, like, uncharacteristically Tennessee things. Like, it kind of just, like, went smoothly. Like, they looked half confident, um, you know, while, you know, the coaching carousel was what it was this year at Tennessee. You know, so far, no staff changes. Nobody went in the portal. It was like, what's going on around here? And I guess I can say that now that, you know, it'll probably all change. But this is me knocking on wood right now, it, if you can hear so, it. Then, then they have a game that features like 1290 yards of offense and 90 something points and they lose because of a completely like subjective call that probably shouldn't have been called that way. And it's just like, Oh yeah, it's, it's still Tennessee. Things are still just when you think you get comfortable and you're reminded that uh, this, this beat is nuts, but 
Uh, and now we're going into what I call head on a swivel season because you just got to be ready for everything. There you go. And we'll go do that right now. Pat, thanks for your time, man. Have a very, very happy new year. Thank you for everything uh, throughout the year. And, uh, of course, I say that. We'll probably talk to you again here in a couple of days for the podcast. But still, thank you for being here right now. Thank you, Wes. Have a good night. And y'all, too, y'all listening out there, thank you. If I can find that button, where is it? Thank you. Thank you. There it is. There it is. Guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news on your feed, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, and you can get tons of stuff all day, every day there. But if you want the best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water directly from the tap, go directly to govals247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Those guys getting it, getting it kicked up again here pretty soon. Lady Vols coverage with Maria Cornelius, who does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us. Got tons of administrative stuff, guys. Everything covered all day, every day. You get a couple dozen fresh content items between between us and the network pretty much on a daily basis. You get the best, uh, get access to the best database around. You get access to, to all sorts of things for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. And if you, that's after a seven day free trial. And if you pay us that ridiculously reasonable rate. You get on top of that free access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, a behemoth of a streaming platform there with CBS Viacom. Got everything CBS has ever done commercial free. Also, lots and lots of fresh shows that are exclusive to Paramount Plus. Uh, you know, 1883, uh, Mayor Kingstown, Evil, Picard, lots and lots of really great, really exclusive A list shows that are on there uh, plus you get stuff from uh, you, you get stuff from the archives of you know obviously cbs mtv bet comedy central smithsonian nickelodeon stuff for the entire family new hollywood movies classic hollywood movies so many things all of it for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month plus live sports sec sports tennessee sports obviously ncaa tournament march madness uh, you get UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Serie A, World Cup qualifiers. Guys, everything. It is so much stuff, and we will give it to you for free. We're giving you, what, $400 or so worth of stuff for like 100 bucks and change a year. You cannot beat that deal. If you got gift cards from, after, for, from the holidays, go spend them on that. You really, really should do that. I'm not gonna, I don't like telling you what you should do, but I really wish that you would do that. And if nothing else... I mean this from the bottom of my heart, guys. Have a very, very safe, happy new year. Stay safe out there with everything going around with COVID, Omicron, all that. Please be careful. Please take care of yourselves and your families. And if there's no big breaking news, you should hear from us here in just a couple of days. So until then, uh, just be good. Be kind. Have basic human empathy for your fellow man and woman. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.